Welcome to another episode of Real Drinks with Ali Flores. I am your host, Ali Flores. Go figure. That's, that's weird that I would be here. Um, this is the podcast where we talk about movies, hence the real, R-E-E-L, and we have drinks, uh, hence the alcoholism. Um, we usually have a drink. Uh, I have a guest come on. We talk about the movie, and then we have a drink based on the movie or just a drink that they have in the movie. And tonight, today's guest uh, is someone I've known for a very long time. Uh, we actually met in college seven years ago. That's how long it's been since I've been in college. But uh, let's, uh, let me welcome on my guest who is laughing right now at me because she knows that's not the truth. Please welcome Miss Lindsay Conrad. How are you? Hey, buddy. What's going on? Not much. I'm having a good time. I'm excited to have you on here. I'm excited to be here. This is like... I've been waiting for an opportunity to talk about this movie. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. I'm excited. Don't give it away yet. Although your background gives it away. Um, <laughs> so we met, um, I showed up at UCF in 95. Mm-hmm. Um, were you there then? Yep. When did you get there? Yep. So 95. we met in 95. It's been 25 years. Oh my God. I, you said it's been seven. It's been, it's been seven, seven years. Oh, hold on. Let me. It's been seven. <laughs> Try to peel back the skin that's fallen. Um, yeah, it's been a long time. Been a long time. So um, what's great about this is the fact that we kind of not fell out, but, you know, we go our separate ways. We went and talked to each other in a very long time. You know, you lived your life. I lived my life. And then we all just kind of reconnected. And what really helped was the COVID. Yeah. Go figure. Because um, I, think, I think we ran into you. Me and Ed Bud ran into you and Brian at um, Tijuana Flats, yep. and that kind of got the ball rolling. And then COVID hit and said, no, you guys need to talk more. So we started talking more. Um, so tell everybody, tell everybody what, what you do, what, how, what your links are to the business, your f- movie buff, anything like that. So um, right now I am a teacher in Orange County Public Schools. I teach juniors all day long um, and – that's super fun. Um, but when I first came into when I first came into OCPS, um, I was at Olympia for a while with Ed, and I got to do you know I got to help him out with a bunch of the theater there. But I went to UCF as a musical theater major. Um, that was my thing, you know. All through high school, I did chorus, I did shows in high school, and then I went to UCF. Um, and then from there, I think the only thing that I did really in between was um, I did a show at the Titusville Playhouse with Nick Rinaldi. We Mm. did Godspell out there about a million years ago. And uh, that was the last thing that I've actually done as far as the world of theater. You know, I did my time at Disney. You did did your time. time. I did my time at Universal. (laughs) You got to do time at these places, man. That's the way it works. Um, You know, but... uh, I've been slowly looking for opportunities to try and get back in over, you know, over COVIDcation. Um, I actually did an online Zoom show. That's right. Uh, William Shakespeare's, um, what was it? Oh, God, what was that one? The, uh, what's the first one? The name of the actual first movie? The first Star Wars movie. The oh, uh, A New Hope? Yeah. So Star Wars, Verily A New Hope. Wow. So we did it over Zoom, and I had the whole – I was the narrator. I had the whole makeup on, and it was kind of crazy, you know, as Zoom goes. But mm-hmm. it, it was it was fun. It was a kind of easing back in um, to what I enjoy doing. And you were using Shakespearean language for to tell the story of A New Hope. Yes. Oh, that's yeah. great. Very tongue-twistery. <laughs> uh, but very – I mean, like, it had parts that were really very funny. They were, you know, they were really true to the script of the of the movie and just rewrote it and all that, you know, super fun Elizabethan English teacher talk that I love. <laughs> well, welcome back to the land of, uh, you know, performing and, and acting. Um, you know, as you know, I, I started, you know, when I was – tiny and and never stopped um which is why i have no savings account and um, no retirement but you know whatever that's why i have a daughter 
and she's super talented, and I'm going to rely on her. Uh, so, okay, glad to have you here on Real Drinks. I'm super excited. I hadn't seen this movie in a very long time, so I watched it today. Um, and, and it was, it was funny how much of it I remembered. Like as soon as it started to come back, I was like, oh yes. And then this is about to happen and this is about to happen and this is happening. So it was really great. So why don't you tell everybody what we're talking about today? So today, as you can see, I've got my poster up in the background. We're talking about one of the most excellent movies, if not the most excellent movie of all time, <laughs> Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Nice. Uh, brought to us in 1989. Um, it was just, I mean, for me, for me, it's, it's been a life changer for a long time. And I know that it's kind of a weird thing to say about a movie like this, but it really has been. No, that's great. That's great. So 1989 happens. This movie comes out. Did you see it when it came out or were you? I don't believe I did. I don't believe that I was allowed to. So 1989, I would have been... I would have been about the right age, but I don't think that I saw it in the theater. Mm -hmm. um, but I do remember, you know, I do remember seeing it and loving it from the first time I saw it. And then, right. you know, since then, I must have watched it, I don't know, five, six hundred times. <laughs> and it just so happens, you know, the new one came out. It did. Uh, just recently, which I knew you were excited to see. I was. Because this movie means so much to you, the original. Um, and I'm assuming, you know, all of them, you know. Um, so uh, you, I'm sure you're a fan of Bogus Journey and, you know. I am. I am. I'm, I'm a fan of all of them. I'm even, you know, I know that you probably don't want to hear it, but I'm even a fan of the, of the new one. No, that's great. That's great. It just, the trailer looked awful. And because I have high hopes for it. Because it, right. you know, this movie you know, we're of the same age here, the same age bracket that kind of defined a little bit of who we were at that time. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a bit of, it's a little slice of our life at that moment. And, you know, they weren't those actors and the characters weren't that much older than we were. No. Um, you know, I like to equate it as like they were seniors. We were freshmen at that time. So it's like, we're right there. This is a slice of our life. So I, I, I love the movie. Um, so I was super excited when I saw the trailer. I went, oh. Yeah, I know. I know. I haven't seen it yet. I, I'm going to see it, but okay. I just haven't seen it yet. Um, so before we get into the movie, before we get into all those things, we have to talk about the second half of my podcast, which is the drinks part. The drinks and part. Like I say, we either have a drink that they have in the, in the film. Like um, I speak with my friend Charles Calabrito and we talk about um, a little Casino Royale mm -hmm. and we have some martinis. My martinis, yeah. Exactly. Shaken, not stirred. So, um, or you can create a drink based on the film and I believe that's what you did. So what are we, what are we drinking, Lindsay? Yeah. So what we are drinking tonight is a product of my of my mind, because I was thinking about it. One of the greatest lines in the film actually occurs in the parking lot at a Circle K. And, you know, the, the time machine comes down from out of the sky and, it, you know, smoke and it opens up and George Carlin is inside. And, you know, Ted goes, Bill, strange things are afoot at the <laughs> at Circle, the Circle K. K. So what we've got is our strange things are afoot at the Circle K. And in the, in the spirit of being like, a convenience store we have something that's kind of like i believe it's circle k they call them frosters and frosters. not not slushies frosters. not ices not slushies not not uh slurpees at circle k they're called frosters so what we have is kind of like a it's a very thick drink and i haven't really tried it yet so you're gonna have to bear with me on this but what it is is it's just crushed berries you can get frozen berries crushed berries throw in some vodka in there throw in some water in there blend it all up with an immersion blender or with an actual blender and then drink it well i have mine all right so, i got mine uh, too here we go salut cheers that's dangerous for me that's um I put a little stevia in that to get the sweet it's a little bitter for you a little tart Possibly, that's quite possibly the worst drink I've ever made. <laughs> you didn't put any sweetener in it. Uh, no. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I don't like things that are super sweet anyway, but like, 
Yeah, you're getting straight berry. Yeah, it's tart. It, it yeah. was tart. And I was like, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, I grabbed my stevia. Um, but it is a healthy drink. I mean, aside from the, the vodka you're putting in there. Sure. It's great. Yeah. It's great. Um, so uh, this is what, – what did you call this? Is this the uh, – the, it's the strange things are afoot at the Circle K. We're going to give a pretentious name, like a like a pedigree dog. <laughs> strange things are afoot at the Circle K. I love it. Um, yeah, I'm actually mine tastes great. I don't know about yours. Yeah, no, mine does not taste great, but I'm going to drink it anyway because damn, you know. Damn right you are. You're not a quitter. Mm-mm. Um, so I took a, I saw a glimpse of your shirt. Let's talk about that shirt oh, yeah. you're wearing. So I think it's really important, you know, we're in a, we're, you know, I don't mean to get too serious for a second here, but we're in an election year, you know, there's a lot at stake. Um, so I, you know, I appreciate you giving me a second to promote my political agenda. I got my shirt on tonight and it's, there we go. <laughs> Preston Logan, 2020. Be excellent, be excellent to, to each other. other. That's perfect. I love Dude, it. I vote for him. <laughs> Especially now since he's now he's John Wick. He's not going to take any shit from anybody. Come on. Right? Right? You don't kill the man's puppy. Um, <laughs> okay, so we're talking Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure 1989 hit uh, that came out. Uh, a cult classic. Mm-hmm. So for those of you that have been living under a rock and <laughs> don't know what this movie's about, uh, Lindsay's about to tell you. So let's go through the film. Let's uh, give me a brief synopsis of the movie, start to finish, kind of a. And don't worry about spoilers. If you haven't seen this movie, it's on you. Um, exactly. So. Go. So, basically, the the premise of the movie is. I mean, I guess you could call it simple enough. There's these two dudes, and they're not stoners, but they're like slackers, right? And they're in their senior year, and they have to pass history. I'm assuming that they passed everything else, but they're, they're fixing a flung history. Um, and if they don't pass history, it's maybe they're juniors, but if they don't pass history, the one of them is going to get sent away to an Alaskan military school. Mm -hmm. And this is a problem because the two of them are supposed to write the song that unites the entire universe. And that's what they find out. You know, they find out when this guy comes down because their split is imminent, right? And this guy Rufus comes down in his time machine and says, "Use the time machine to go back in time, look at all this stuff, so that you can pass your history report." And when they, you know, they go back in time and they end up collecting historical figures to bring back with them for their history report. Um, and, you know, wild antics ensue and, you know, there's medieval and there's Stone Age and there's uh, Austria and there's Germany and uh, <laughs> Napoleon. Um, but they manage to get everybody back. They circumvent, you know, all the issues along the way. You know, there's a part, I believe, where everybody goes to jail um, <laughs> and, uh, and they get them all out of jail. Um, and then they, you know, they get back to the high school, they pass their history report with flying colors, and they can move on to the next phase of them uniting the entire universe in song. Exactly, exactly. And I wonder, you know, like this whole movie, it's such a silly premise. Like, it really is. It's such a silly 80s premise. Mm-hmm. These two California surfer guys, because they talk so Californian. Um, dude, excellent. You know, um, um, they, all they have to do is pass a test. That's it. They have to get an A plus. And, and the fact that it's an A plus, not an A, you have to get an A plus to, to graduate to, or to get to the next grade. Um, and, and then they, the whole future. And I'm wondering if Back to the Future didn't have something to do with this. Is, you know, Back to the Future came out in, what, 84 was the first uh- one? Yeah, I, I guess so, 84, 85, because it's always, you know, it's 1885, 1985. Yeah, 85 then, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I'm sure time travel, time travel, I think, has always been a premise that, you know, filmmakers love to play with. But, you know, one of the things about this movie that makes it so great is, you know, there's a lot of people that go into these time, time travel movies and they're talking about, you know, there's the, like, Back to the Future, there's space-time continuum, and don't run into yourself, and, mm-hmm. you, you know, and skewing off into a different 
future and whatever, which is cool. But for this one, um, it's kind of like every rule of time travel that you're supposed to follow gets just sort of chucked out the window. I think, and, it's, I think it's the rules that we all think or wish that it is. Right. Like, um, shoot, man, I wish I wouldn't have slept with that girl. Well, let's go back in time. I'm going to tell you not to. Hey, listen, if you don't want to be itchy, don't go out with that one. That one, don't you're going to be itchy down there. And so it was like, oh, cool, high five. They're like, you hope, you wish you would have that. And those are the rules that they have. I'm like, all right, right, they get to talk to each other. They get, you know, interrupt time, whatever. There, there is no butterfly effect. Correct. Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Correct. Oh. So Matheson and Solomon, you know, I read an interview once where they were talking about, you know, that they asked some sort of astrophysicist if their time stuff worked, you know, because they were – tiny bit concerned about it not that much but right they asked him and he's like yeah close enough <laughs> it's like what do you want from me i'm not going to be able to explain to you how time travel really works and uh -huh. have you understand it it's like exactly. you know what? close enough for government work you're fine just <laughs> just go with that go with that um okay so the film opens in these highly futuristic graphics that are going on oh my god um, these you know <laughs> computer graphics that were state-of-the-art back then true um and it's it, it, it opens in the beginning of the you know in, in the future mm -hmm. you've got rufus and you've got the council mm -hmm. and you know i love how they always end with be excellent to each other mm -hmm. um you know, almost, almost Catholic in, in an almost Catholic way. Cause yes. you almost want to hear them say, and be excellent with you. You know, just, you know, you just want to hear it. Or that may just be the Catholic in me. I grew up Catholic. So that's the, the thing in me. Um, and then here comes Rufus. Now I don't understand why a telephone booth was used. Um, I think it was something, I think they do say it in the film. Like it, there needs to be something they recognize. Right. Um, to blend, I mean, it's something that needed to blend, I guess, in 1989. Doesn't blend anywhere else. No, no, um, medieval times. No, there's no. no. <laughs> but it needed to, you know, it needed to blend, um, and I guess that was the, you know, that was the method, you know. And I'm sure that there were, you know, like you said, that there were influences from Back to the Future. You know, I'm sure there were influences from Doctor Who. Yeah. You know, with the, with the TARDIS. And, you know, it's funny that you were talking about the, the amazing special effects because I showed this to my kids the other day in preparation to watch the new one. Mm -hmm. um, and I showed it to my students, too. But uh, I'll tell you a little bit more about that later. Um, but it seems like if you were going to have a time travel movie in 1980, you had to have blue lightning, yes. orange fire, and smoke. Yes. Right? And that's what made everything. And you know why the smoke? To hide the sharp edges. Yeah. All the stuff. They always had smoke. So to hide the transitions and everything. Um, yeah. And I loved the, um, the highway, I guess, the time travel highway, the tube. The you know, circuits of history. Yes. The circuits of history were great um, because it looked, it almost looked like a bad video game. Yeah. You know? Like very Tron-like. Yes, yes, very Tron-like, um, which nobody has talked about. I mean, I've talked to some friends if they want to talk about Tron. we got to do that one. Um, the original, not the, not the remake. Right. Although if anybody's listening and they want to do this, yeah, we, I'll do both. Um, <laughs> so, so Rufus comes down and finds them because they've already been told can't you, you can't graduate they don't know what they're going to do and bill's dad says if you don't do this you're going to a mil military school and so they're freaking out they're at the circle k and rufus shows up and they run into themselves uh <laughs> again breaking the laws of course every single every single one <laughs> um and they explain, you know, they kind of give away some stuff, which you're not supposed to in every other film, too. Every other, don't tell me what it is. I don't want to know. Don't tell me. It'll tell right. me what, what happens. Do not tell me what's happening in the future. Um, 
So then they begin their journey. They begin their excellent adventure. Mm -hmm. uh, and they start collecting almost like Pokemon Go. Like, yes, it's very Pokemon Go-like. They're like, I'm just going to collect the historical figures that I need to collect. Um, so before we get into the historical figures that they collect, if you had a telephone booth that could go back in time and collect five historical figures, who are the five that you're collecting for your grade, for your report? My grade. Okay, so I'm going to have to go back and collect Shakespeare, mm -hmm. right? I mean, that's got to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, I got to go back and collect Danny Kay. Ooh, I'd like okay. to go back and collect when he was young, not when he was old. Right. When he was young. Uh, have to go back and collect. Yeah, dude, I was not prepared for this question. Of course not. Um, I have to go back and collect. Uh, how about Hamilton? Let's go back and collect Alexander Hamilton. And then have him watch Hamilton? And then have him watch Hamilton. Yes, and, and see how an old white dude feels about, you know, the, <laughs> the current representation. Although, you know, on an aside for a minute, I think it's awesome. I think the way he explained it was like, we're doing a story that happened 100, you know, 200, 300 years ago with a cast that is representative of today. Yeah. So I go back and get him. Um, I'm trying to think, you know, I'd have to go back and get people that speak English because I don't know, you know, I don't know any languages. Let's uh, just say they come with a translator. Yeah, true, true. Uh, go back and collect maybe uh, Picasso. He seemed like a fun guy. Ooh. Yeah, and go back and collect um, maybe like Roosevelt or something to see if he was as cool as everybody said he was. Nice. Yeah. That's a nice eclectic, well-rounded group very of people. very eclectic group that all, you know, speak English. I think I think I'd have to go with kind of a, take a page out of their book. I'd have to go back and grab one of the you know the philosophers of the time, because I feel that they were just stand-up comedians that weren't funny. Like I think they were trying to explain the universe in a way that's palatable to everyone, right. just like a stand-up comic, except they didn't have punchlines. Well, you know the whole premise for Bill and Ted came out of. Solomon and Matheson just riffing with each other, doing doing a, a stand-up bit about a couple of kids that had to study for a, a test. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, it, that's how it that's how it came about. There was a, a play, you know, they would rent this building um, where they would go and practice their stuff, and they'd sit around with you know several other comedians, and they'd just riff off each other. And it was actually the premise was actually born out of one of these these sessions. Oh wow. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I like that a lot. Um, so we they're starting to collect. They're starting to collect their um, their people. Um, I love the fact that they always mess up the names. Yes. You've got beef oven, which beef I, oven. Just, I, I just I I I I see an entire oven full of beets, but they have a lisp. You know, they're beef ovens. Um, so it's just full of beets, uh, so crates and uh, come on, let's think about everyone in our generation. How many of us pronounced Socrates as Socrates oh, because of this movie, would. because yeah. of this movie, Socrates. Yeah. Oh, oh, for sure. Oh yeah. Um, they go grab Abraham Lincoln. Yep. Joan of Arc. Yep. Genghis Khan. Yep. Napoleon. Um, they grab him. Yeah. He he ended up riding the time, you know, riding the circuits of, of history back yes. through by accident. Um, and Sigmund Freud. Yeah. Freud. Freud. <laughs> Sigmund Freud. Um, I, I, I love the, just the collections. I love the, um, how do you, how do you find a climax? How do you find, how do you find some sort of um, conflict, I guess, in this movie with something like this? Um, it's difficult, I think. 
with yeah. something so random, where is the conflict? Where are you going to just throw in a conflict and make it seem real? I think for what for the for Bill and Ted, mm-hmm. where it's at. Well, I think that they, you know, there's there's the underlying conflict, you know, with the with him with Ted and his dad, you know, and you know what the what the end result is going to be if they don't, you know, if they don't make it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then every place they go, there seems to be not every place, but a lot of places they go, there seem to be, you know, some conflicts in between. Like when they, the first place they stop is, um, the old West and they mm-hmm. pick up Billy the kid and they have that whole great scene in the, in the saloon, you know, where they're playing poker yes. and they have that whole great action scene there. And then, in the one right after that, they have a whole great action scene where they're, where they're escaping from, you know, from the, uh, from Henry V. Yes. Right. Wants to chop off their head. Um, but uh, you know, the main, the main conflict is that is really that this has to be done. They, they got to pass or like literally the entire world is in jeopardy and they keep reminding you of that subtly throughout but mm-hmm. <clears throat> you always know at any given time that that the driving force is we got to make it to this report we got to pass this report um and they put you know like they put those little those little bits in between like when they like i was saying before like when they all go to jail and they got to get out of that mess but again each piece is driving again towards that goal at the end you know we got to get to the report yeah i like um i feel that their conflict that that main conflict just the we got to get a report done. We got to get this. We got to get this done or the world ends. Right. Is kind of uh, like a parallel comparison to high schoolers and how they feel if they don't, if they're going to be grounded. They're not going to be able to go to prom. They're not going to be able to play the, in the game. They're not going to be able to do whatever because they didn't pass. And it's the end of the world to them. I kind of feel like it is a little bit of a message about that is like how dramatic teenagers are in high school. It's the end of the world. If yes. we don't like, if I get an a, even great students, you can have students that have straight A's, but they get a B. It's not that it's a bad thing. It's the end of the world. You are, you are preaching to the choir, man. That is, that is what I deal with on a daily basis. Um, <laughs> But I think, I really think though too, you know, for, for people of our generation, for sure. But I really think that it resonates with so many people because these guys, you know, they're every men, right? Mm-hmm. They're every, they're high schoolers, of course, but they're like literally everybody when we feel like, like what's going to happen to us if we don't accomplish, you know, but the difference is, is that they push on they don't let it you know they don't let it get them down they don't get angry they don't get really frustrated they just sort of keep moving yeah. and they're happiest you know whatever their circumstance um and i think that that's it's great for high schoolers because yes everything is drama to a high schooler you know but there's nobody who doesn't like to to get their way or feel like they failed and i think that that's why it's such a, a positive film for so many people that it's got such a huge following. Yeah. And I, and I think they do touch on, I mean, they hit the pulse of high school. I mean, mm-hmm. you're catching, you're catching the, the demographic for this film is right around high school and a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then now it's older because we grew up in that time. We were right. high schoolers at that time um, because that was 89. That's my freshman year in high school. You know, I'm right there um, with the horrible hair and and acid wash jeans and Z Cabaricis and silk shirts and all the <laughs> horrible, horrible fashion choices that I made uh, back then. Uh, which, by the way, is so funny that my girlfriend thinks that I, I'm fashion. She goes, because like I coordinate. She goes, oh, my God, like your, your shorts coordinate with your shirt. I go, so does my watch and so do my socks. So do my shoes. Socks? Yeah, they'll have a little bit of the color in it. Like if my socks oh. has something there, she goes, "You are like coordinated." Like I go, I just, I don't, I'm, but 
that's because of a lifetime of bad choices. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. Let me show you pictures of me in the 80s and 90s. Let right. Me, let me show you this awful thing. Um, let me show you the thing that I made up. I made up a, a fashion thing because I couldn't afford vests or coats. Yeah. So I did. I vividly remember I had silk shirts. Everyone had silk shirts. Oh, yeah. So I'd wear a silk shirt, and I'm wearing a purple shirt right now. And I had one that was purple. I had a silk shirt that was purple. Um, and it would be buttoned up all the way up. Boom. Yep, all the way up to here. Yep, all the way up. And then I had another silk shirt that I would put over it, but I would only button the V on the bottom. And you remember how we used to pop the collar back? You'd pop yeah. it back. So the collar is back halfway down your back. So it almost looks like a cardigan. But that was what I did. I did that. Oh Horrible idea. Well, I mean, I got to say, I, I, I'm pretty lucky because Brian is, you know, coordinated. Like, I don't know if he coordinates all the way down to his socks. <laughs> um, but he, you know, he definitely has the, the coordination. He likes to match his stuff. My dad wasn't like that. You know, my dad would put prints and paisleys together. And if there was, you know... This color in the in the print and this color in the paisley, it was okay to wear. <laughs> oh my god! It's like that, it's been like that for eighty. Years. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's yeah. But I love just, it. Just as someone who's in film, uh, has done film, I could see the camera going. Yeah. <laughs> like oh my god. Okay, so let's get back to the the adventure. The adventure. Um, the gentleman. Um. You know, wild stallions, they, they're trying to, to make their way. they got to come up with this great song. They start finding them. And you, like you said, they, 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 they stumble across Billy the, Billy the Kid, who comes back with them, yeah. um, mainly out of survival. <laughs> He's getting yeah. shot at. They save him. They yeah. save him from getting, from getting shot. Um, so then they I, – I, I'm not sure of the order. Maybe you know it. Um, but I think next is is next the accidental Napoleon. No, Napoleon is first when they're still with Rufus. Oh, okay. He takes them. He takes them to Austria. The French have just invaded, mm -hmm. and Napoleon. You know, they get back in the in the phone booth after going. You know, catch you later, dude. And he gets blown into the to the wormhole. Then they go to uh, the old west. Mm -hmm. Um, which, you know, cracks me up every time because he's like, dude, this looks just like Frontierland, <laughs> you know? He's like, yeah, but you can get shot here, dude. He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> we got to go to Horsecraft, Ted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, right after that, though, they go to ancient Greece where they pick up Socrates. 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 Socrates Johnson. That's what they call him at the end. Socrates Johnson. Um, they go to pick up Socrates and... You know, it, that was one of the things to me that, you know, the more and more I watched this movie, the more and more I found it fascinating. And, you know, the more and more I went to, to school, because um, there's apparently, there's a, a rhetoric in ancient, there's an ancient Greek rhetoric called um, Stoicism. Mm -hmm. And Stoicism is this idea that, like, you're always happiest when you accept the situation that you've been given, like it's people that are happy when they accept the situation that they've been given. Um, and when they get, you know, when they get there, they start off with that great line. So the only true wisdom exists in knowing that, you know, nothing that's us dude. Right. And they're happy, like they know it and they're happy about it. Um, and the fact that, you know, they are those people. I mean, they are stoics, mm -hmm. you know, they're happy. They, happy wherever, you know, they, everything, everything goes in stride, you know, and they get there and they're faced with like this impossible situation. They don't speak ancient Greek. You know, he says, what are we supposed to do? And he's like, I don't know, philosophize with him. <laughs> so, so, he, so he starts, you know, all we are, no hesitation. No. Like, we are is dust oh. in the wind, dude, <laughs> you know? And, uh, and, they just, they completely, they completely take it in stride. They bag him and they're, and they're out of there. Yeah. Well, you think about it. I mean, musicians and lyricists are the philosophizers of our time, right? They're the philosophers right now. Yeah. I mean, they're coming up with some really cool stuff. And yeah. especially back then in the 80s and 90s, I mean, come on. Um, 
So the boys run into, you know, they get into mayhem. Genghis Khan, you know, um, I love the fact that they just drop Napoleon off with some kids. Well, they, Watch him. They, they drop him off. Yeah, they drop him off with Ted's little brother. Yep. Right, Deacon. And they say, Deacon, you need to watch this guy. His name is Napoleon. He's a very famous French dude. <laughs> um, and, you know, what's great about that is later after they, you know, after they ditch him, is another one of the greatest lines in the, in the whole movie where he's like, you ditched Napoleon, Deacon. Do you realize that you've stranded one of France's greatest leaders in San Dimas? And Deacon goes, he was a dick. <laughs> <laughs> and they and again like i was saying taking it in stride they're just like all right well he's gone now we got to go find him where do we go yeah um but yeah napoleon napoleon is definitely one of those you know one of those characters in the movie that is that is uh, even more comic relief than the guys themselves yes and i think it, I, I think it's a good nod to the casting directors um, because you had to cast the right people for each one of those characters and, and the writers as well. I mean, you had to write really good stuff. Um, you know, when they get Lincoln, you know, Lincoln looks great. Um, mm -hmm. even, you know, kind of presents himself very Lincoln-ish. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, you know, and it just, it's a really good, those little moments like Sigmund Freud or Freud, you know, starting to analyze people and starting to do the, why do you think this? Why do you keep asking me this? Why do you keep asking when they're in jail? You know, they're all in jail. Uh, they're in the mall, which, what happened, what happened to malls? There's no malls anymore. There's no, there's nothing. There's like, really not. The mall was the place. Right. That was the place. So it's great to see that. And hold on. Let's time out. Tweet, tweet. Let's not talk about the, um, the overly, um, sexualized age differences in this movie. So let's talk about, um, you know, Ted's dad uh -huh. who marries Missy, who was yeah. a senior when they were, when they That's were, the a... next movie. That's the next movie. No, it's this one. No, it's Bill's dad first. Bill's dad. Bill's. Okay. It's Bill's dad. Yeah. Bill's uh, dad and Ted's dad. So Bill's dad marries Missy. Missy. Call me mom. mom. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, who was a seat? Remember when we were she was a senior and we were yeah. freshmen? Like, shut up. I asked her to the prom. Shut up. <laughs> um, so that's a huge age difference. And then you've got Socrates and Billy the Kid mm -hmm. at like an Orange Julius. And <laughs> they see the two girls who are maybe 18. <laughs> Maybe Socrates is infinity years old at this right. point. And you're like, he's, he's got white hair everywhere. I'm like, hey, what's up, girl? How you doing? <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> I'm like, dude, man, times were different in the 80s. Um, that would never play today. There's no way that would never play today. So, okay, so that brings me to a good question. Does this movie... Would this movie hold up now to people like millennials or Gen Z that have never seen this movie, don't even really know about it, except for Halloween Horror Nights? You know, um, would the movie hold up? Because I haven't seen, I haven't shown my daughter this movie yet, um, but she's got good taste in films. But I've not showed her this yet. Right? Um, do you think it would hold up? Uh, I know it would hold up. I know it would hold up. I, I. Um, so I mentioned before. I show this movie, I show this movie every year mm -hmm. to my juniors. Um, and every once in a while, you get one or two that say, that was obnoxious, I can't stand the way they talk, this is ridiculous, how does that even work? You know, but they're overthinkers. They, you know, they, they got a lot of overthinking issues. Um, but I showed it to my current class of juniors a couple weeks ago. We did a guided you know, guided viewing of it mm -hmm. to talk about some concepts and some themes. Um, and we got to the end of the movie in each class and they applauded. They were like, I had no idea. They, wow. and I, said, I had, I had no idea. That was a great movie. And I said, 
I said, well, what did you know about it before? They said nothing other than they did a show at Halloween Horror Nights, like you said. Um, but they, uh, they were like, that was a great movie. And the only, the only problem is you ask them, well, what is it that you liked about it? They, they can't, they're not at the point yet where they can really put their finger on exactly what it was. And I think it resonates with that idea that you were saying before that this is, this is relatable to kids that age. Um, you know, and it's relatable to people and it's not very often that you see a movie that kind of focuses around, let's for argument's sake, call it a bromance. It's not really a bromance, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the focus is around a bromance where the characters are not ever in competition with each other. They're never mad at each other. Yeah. You know, they, they rib on each other, but only a little bit. There's no one upping. There's no, you know, there's no status. There's no whatever. Their their friendship is like solid. Yeah. And kids don't, you know, kids don't really interact that way anymore. There's always a one up. There's always somebody's got to do better. Somebody's got to be stronger. Some, you know, somebody's got to be tougher, especially with young men. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of the parts where they're actually in the old west, and he's talking about. You know, they're sitting there while the fight's going on all around them. And two of these old West guys go and they pull them up out of their chairs. And he goes, yeah, I think it's Bill says, look, we're totally weak. We can't possibly fight you. You know, they, they understand. They, like, they understand that they have limitations. They understand where their limitations are. Yeah. And they're okay with that. And a lot of kids don't see that anymore. It's, it's competition. It's the American Idol syndrome is what I call mm-hmm. it. You know, American Idol, you know, there's always been game shows or, you know, reality shows for talent, talent shows, you know, um, what is it? Uh, not, not Rising Star. Um, ah, McMahon, Ed McMahon. Um, oh, um, God, what's that called? Why am I, I don't know. Why Brian, am I blanking no. on that? Um, I, anyway, that one. Um, you know, there's always been talent competition, but Idol started to showcase the poor behavior of you don't even know you know what do you know and it's like mm-hmm. oh now it's all about you as opposed to just being humble and going thank you for your input thank you i appreciate mm-hmm. it thank you um i'll work hard because these people made millions doing what you're trying to do and as opposed to just accepting that and going i have the wherewithal to know that these people will, will help me and they're not trying to bring me down right but then, you know, flipping them off. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to be a star, blah, blah, blah. Like, uh, yeah, that's where we are now. It's the American Idol yeah. syndrome, I call it. And, I mean, and with my, with my own kids, you know, I forced them, I, I forced them into it. Uh, you know, I said, we're going to watch Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure in preparation for the, the new movie coming out. And there was some hemming and hawing. No, I don't want to watch that. And 10 minutes in, they were just completely wrapped mm-hmm. like like there was no pulling them away from the screen and when it was over sabrina was like i know what i want to be for halloween i'm like oh crap what do you want to be for halloween she's like i want to be ted nice and i was like uh okay okay kids will get it but all the parents will yep um and she's you know she's been adamant about that now since she saw it and then she wanted to watch the second movie um and I was like, all right. And it's, you know, it's funny because the second movie, when you actually take a minute to think about the second movie, mm-hmm. there is literally 1%, 2% time travel in that movie. Right. Not a time travel movie. No. Right. The first one is, the third one sort of is, but the second one is not a time travel movie. So she watched the second one and she's like, oh yeah, okay, I understand some more things now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, super stoked about that. But the kids, nice. the kids in my class, they really enjoyed it. Um, That's good to know. Yeah. That's good to to know that you know generations enjoy this film because I think it's I think it's universal. Um, the the messages and the and the I guess the the topics of the the movie. It's like an American Pie. American Pie will be relatable forever because much like the line that um, Matthew McConaughey says in Days and Confused. Uh, every year I get older, they stay the same age. High school will always be high school. 
mm-hmm. no matter the decade, it's still high school. And I think a lot of the themes that happen with movies like, you know, 10 Things I Hate About You, you know, this movie, um, American Pie, all those are still all the, all the same. Mm-hmm. Teenagers will find a way to relate to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they get them all. They show up. And here's the tension stuff. Also, one of the most gross things, because they actually did it. You could tell they did it without cuts, was where the, where the tension built and the, the conflict. Like, there were all little, little barriers that they had to cross, but was the antenna breaking. The antenna breaking, making, like, hey, you don't know if you're going to be able to come back. Mm-hmm. So there's that tension. There's that, uh-oh, here's that conflict. We need to overcome this. And then they get chewing gum. And they all, it's one shot, and they ball up their chewing gum, and they're all doing this. And here's the sickest thing. When Keanu Reeves gets it, he puts it on with his mouth. He does. He doesn't do it with the hand like everyone else does. He goes, I was like, oh, oh my God. And and then the Foley, great Foley, because you can hear it go. (laughs) (laughs) He pieces it together. I think we can go home. Um so they get home, just again, another tension builder, which, by the way, who does an entire, entire assembly to do history reports? Nobody, but it was. Dude, awesome. I don't know what it, I, you know, I don't know what it looked like in 89. Um, I'm assuming that they could do it that way, but they like. They never did it. Nobody you know, you ever did that. Up. You had to have the stage, right? Yeah. So, you know, and then the teacher going, already giving them the Fs because they didn't show up. And then, here they go. And then you've got Beethoven. And everyone does a great job of telling what's going on, which I don't know when they had time to choreograph everything and stage it. Um, but well, I guess they had all the time in the world. They had a time machine to take a line from uh, Back to the Future. Um, but again, stealing when they go to jail, stealing from the uh, what we were talking about earlier about uh, not caring about the rules. Mm-hmm. Let's just remember to hide the keys. Well, where? Right here. Hey, we did it. You know, hey, so I can't forget to do this, but it's here, so I must have done it. You know, it's trash can. Remember the trash can, and then it falls on his head. You know, uh, it's like okay. Um, so they they you know do a great job, they pull it off, they pass, and you know, the future is saved. Um, one step closer, yeah. It's a it's such a simplistic film, but. I think that's what makes it good mm-hmm. is because it doesn't have to be elaborate. It doesn't have to be crazy with its, its uh, themes. It's just a, it's a fun film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's one of my favorites. I hadn't seen it in a long time. I was so glad when you, you know, I was like, would you like to do it? And you said, yeah, this is one of the, mo-. then we're doing that movie because I hadn't seen it in forever. So it was nice. Um, we talked about um, the naked gun in another episode and I was so happy because I hadn't seen that in forever. And yeah, that movie is so time. funny. You forget all the bits that are in that movie. I was laughing so hard. I was worried I was going to wake up my daughter because I was laughing so hard. Uh, such a great one. Okay. So, Lindsay. Yes. You are a big fan. I am a big fan. Super fan. Are you ready for the 10? No. But I'm going <laughs> to try it anyway. Okay. The 10. Um, first five are usually easy. Second five, they get tough. All right. Okay. Don't put that. Don't put that, you know, juju on me. Just, just Don't you do it, Ricky Bobby. Don't you put that evil on me. <laughs> All right, here we go. Number one, what legendary comedian plays Rufus? George Carlin. Boom. One for one. You know all his stuff really quick right now? Like a ton of his old um, stand-up mm-hmm. shows uh-huh. are on Amazon Prime yes, right now. Yes, I know. They're great. They're I love fantastic. It. I have been watching them. Oh, like, it's so good. I grew up memorizing all of them. I loved them. Um, here we go. Number two. What are the boys' full names? Bill S. Preston Esquire and Ted Theodore Logan. Boom. And they, they, they make up. Wild Stallions. How do you spell Wild Stallions? W-Y-L-D-S-T-A-L-L-Y-N-S. Boom. Three for three. What's the name of the water park where they find Napoleon? Waterloo. Boom. Four for four. Who rescued Bill and Ted from getting decapitated? Uh, Billy the Kid and Socrates. 
first five. We're under the under the hoods. Yes, first five are done. Here we go. Oh damn! All right, here we go. Who? uh, What is their teacher's name? The history teacher. What's his name? Oh. Uh oh. That's not a good sigh. No, it's not. It's not. Give me, give me just a second. Give me a second. Uh, I'm going to be so disappointed when you tell me what this is. I'm so I can give hear Lizzie saying it. Huh? Uh, I'll give you a pass. We can go back to it if you'd like. Yeah, let's let's pass on this one. Okay, I'm going to go back to it. You only get one shot, though. Okay, okay. okay. Number seven. What do they use to coax Genghis Khan into the phone booth? Want a Twinkie, Genghis Khan? Say please. <laughs> Nice. Um, number eight. What soap opera does Socrates quote? Days of our lives. Yes. And through the hourglass. So are the yes. days of our lives. Um, in the scene where they're playing poker, how many aces did Bill have? Three aces. Whoa, Look at three that. aces. Now, before I get to number 10, because 10's a little tough, do you want to go back? Yeah, was it Mr. Ryan? Boom! Mr. Ryan Mr. comes Ryan. behind, gets six. You might be the first one to get ten. Dude, no, don't put that on me. I'm telling you, this me. is it. What okay. are the name names of the princesses? Joanna and Elizabeth! Ten for ten! Oh, my goodness! Does she get the bonus, though? Oh, shit. <laughs> the bonus, I didn't even know. I went, wow. Didn't know that one. Mm. What was drawn above Bill's left knee on his jeans? Bill's left knee on his jeans? What was drawn above Bill's If Bill you get this knee. one, oh, my God. His jeans. I know it's on his shirt. Not the question. But I don't know if it's the same thing that's on his jeans. It's just his left knee. It's right above his left knee. I don't know. A smiley face. Upside down question mark. <sighs> yeah, I believe at one point I knew that. but You yeah. got 10 for 10 on the questions. Nice work out of you, Lindsay. Oh, my goodness. I'm so happy. Finally, someone got them all. Someone who claims that they are a true fan got yes. them all. Um, yes. Lindsay, do you have anything coming up? Is there anywhere anyone can see you, or are you just teaching? I'm just, I'm just teaching. I mean, I'm teaching on teams, so I'm broadcasting <laughs> half, to, uh, half to the face-to-face -face class and half to the, to the virtual class. But, no, nah, I'm just teaching. We're going to wait for – COVID to be over and, you know, completely over when right. things start to open back up again. And then maybe we'll start easing back into it a little bit more. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, for those of you watching, please, uh, you know, watching and listening, if you've not seen us, come to uh, YouTube on uh, Real Drinks with Ali Flores. Subscribe to that page. Uh, subscribe and like the page on Facebook, Real Drinks with Ali Flores. And then on anywhere you can hear the podcast, please like the page and, or subscribe to it and rate it. We need ratings. So do all that. Tell all your friends about it. If you like movies, if you like alcohol, this is the podcast for you. Lindsay, thank you so much for joining. Uh, I had a blast. I hope you had fun. I had a great time. Always have a great time with you, man. Awesome. Well, remember, everybody, be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes. Party on, dudes. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.